Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, episode 59. It's Lizzie. So for those who might not know me, there's a bunch of you guys who seem to be new every week. So my name's Lizzie. I am a mom of three kids, ages six, almost uh, almost five, and then almost three. Had them in about four years and experienced postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety twice. And then later got certified to become a life coach through the life coach school. And that puts us here to, for the last couple of years, I've been serving postpartum moms and really dissecting for myself and helping them to understand what causes and creates postpartum depression. And one of those things that brings us into postpartum depressiveness is disconnection with ourself and neglect of ourself. It's actually the main thing. That's happening mostly through the emotion of shame. When we feel shame, we hide and we also don't see our own needs. Our own self becomes almost invisible to us and we become and feel at least, I shouldn't say we become invisible to others. It's not like Harry Potter and his invisibility cloak, but we become, we feel a little invisible. We feel low self-worth. We have a hard time advocating for ourselves and our marriages and beyond. So I decided after an amazing session just this morning, actually, with my client, Jeanette, she and I both got on the same page about bringing her onto the podcast and talking about self-love and how the pursuit of becoming selfless actually turns into self-loss. We're going to have a great and candid conversation. I'll introduce her here in a minute, Um, but I really want you guys to focus on seeing how anything that we talk about is coming up for you in the way, specifically with your connection to yourself. Do you have a relationship with yourself? So that's something we're going to be discovering um, through Jeanette's story. And what is that even doing? What is that actually creating and maybe even costing you in your life? And what's on the other side of putting in time and work and resources into building a self-connection? And Jeanette's going to share the beautiful um, budding transformation that she's making because she's just been my client for one month, just about four, maybe five sessions. Um, but I wanted to bring her on specifically because she's not all the way there yet. And yet she has caught this vision and she sees where she wants to go and is, can see that she's making the progress. So without further ado, Jeanette, can you introduce yourself for us? Hi. Um, I'm Jeanette, obviously. Yes, Jeanette. I have four kids, um, eight, six, three, and a 10-month-old baby. Um, I love interior design, and yeah, that's me. Yeah, how long have you been married for? I've been married for just over nine years. Awesome. Nine years. That's amazing. Okay, so we're going to hear... The tales, I, we've kind of sketched out her story and I just want to let you share it. And you guys might hear me interjecting. And this is specifically, again, um, from her journey from going from 
being completely a people pleaser. So a lot of you guys might be able to relate and, um, very resentful and maybe borderline. I don't know if we want to say miserable, but what's the word, Jeanette? I think some of that. I don't know. Just, just, um, sad. Yeah. Depressive. And you know, what's interesting about this whole entire thing is I think it just hit you today, like how sad you really were and how disconnected from yourself you really were. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As we start to play with this concept of taking care of yourself, you had a birthday recently, and this is the first time the subject came up because tell us about what you do on your birthday in your house. Yeah, on my birthday, um, I've done this for the last couple of years, actually on my birthday and on Mother's Day, um, I my husband is so supportive and he lets me declare myself queen of the day and I get to do the things that I want to do and I don't have to do the things that I don't want to do <laughs> and it's just a great day. Yeah, and I remember you were telling me like you were looking forward to sitting and reading a book because you're queen of the day. I'm like, you know you can do that any other day. She's like, no. (laughs) And we were like, let's talk about this. (laughs) Yeah. And that just sparked this whole entire uncovering of like self-worth and like giving yourself permission to take care of yourself and what that would be like. And so just for the last couple weeks, we've been doing that work. So I so appreciate you, Jeanette, being willing to share. I know this is new work for you, but it's also so, it's been so impactful for you already that I just, I know that it's going to touch many lives. So without further ado, why don't you just take us into your story as we've kind of gone over it? Okay. Yeah. So, um, it kind of goes back to when I was a kid and I, I'm very, I'm a sensitive person and just kind of have that empathic tendency where like, you know, when people are feeling something, I feel it and I want to like help them fix it because it's like overwhelming for me to feel all the stuff. So I want to like help them feel better so I can feel better. Yeah. Um, which is also just kind of, I mean, like the, the full, the fullness of that is a new realization, but, um, yeah. But also I come from a big family, so I have 10 siblings. And so that leads to lots of practice, um, basically taking care of other people's needs and being like a little too selfless. Um, so that's kind of where it starts. And then as I went off to college, I started to, you know, make decisions with only me in mind. Like it's just, me at that point for the first time and it sounds like yeah for the first time yeah Yeah. so I was always trying to do what would please other people um so and even then even at college like I still chose my major based on what I thought my parents might want me to do yeah I'm Um, like how many of us have been in that boat (laughs) maybe not with our major (laughs) right but whether it's our parents or our husband we're like doing the things because we're like okay would he want this not even asking ourselves like what we want. I did this in the hospital when I was having my first baby. It was all about what yeah. the nurses would want, what would be easier for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kick so me in, kick me in the butt the, later. Go ahead. I know. Right. So about halfway through my third year of college, I was starting to, you know, just not, I was, I was in my program that I thought I wanted to be in and I was realizing that I just, I didn't love it and was kind of evaluating my reasons. And then Mm -hmm. I started dating my husband and, um, I was just starting to make decisions from a place of what I actually wanted. 
And so um, kind of just starting to build some confidence in myself and decided to change my new major. So I changed my major and then we got married and it put me like right back in that place of like trying to like putting other people's needs in front of me because I, you know, now I had my husband to consider as well and I put him, you know, above me, like his needs were more important. Mm. And what like did not that, even like almost yeah. like subconsciously. Yeah. And what did that look like? Like what's an example? I mean, for one thing, I, I stopped reading books because, or at least not as much, or I felt guilty every time I would sit down to read a book. Cause I knew that like, you know, maybe he needed me to make dinner or like, you mm, know, yeah. like if he came home to me reading a book, I'd be like, Oh, I guess I'm like, I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah. And just, I don't know, like a lot of little things. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Things like that. Yeah. So, um, then, you know, um, maybe like six months in, we got pregnant and then he started that, that following summer, he um, started doing summer sales. And so he was gone a lot. And then we were like for the next, you know, six years, I was having more babies. Well, I mean, we were, but I was, (laughs) and he was, um, gone a lot and just, it was just a really hard time. We were moving like twice a year yeah. you know, as we went out for the summer and came back Yes, um, to do school and stuff. I was doing school and then, and then he was still in school and tell um, us about so we having more babies yes. and I was doing yeah. homeschool. And so it was just such a lot. Like it was just really overwhelming and I felt lonely and yeah, just really alone, really overwhelmed. And I, and I just felt like I, I needed Dallin to like meet my needs because mm-hmm. I didn't know how, like I just, and so like, and the more that I like expressed to him my need for him, then, he, the, then he would kind of like, it was just like starting to overwhelm him. And so he threw himself into work where, because like with me, he didn't feel like he could meet my needs. And so he was like, you know, trying and trying and trying. And it wasn't like, it wasn't doing it. And so he, so I still felt overwhelmed and he was feeling overwhelmed. And I was just so like desperate for him. Like I was like clinging so tightly to him that it was like, he just wanted to be elsewhere, which only made it worse. Mm -hmm. And so just the more kids we had, I was giving more and more of myself to them and just like, I don't know, just feeling so depleted and resentful of like taking care of all these people. And yeah, I remember you said the more people you started taking care of, the more tired and depleted you felt, the more resentful you felt. Um, it was like, if somebody was like, get me a cup of water, you were like, (laughs) yeah, like every little thing felt like such a mountain, you know? Mm Mm-hmm housework was just too much and everything was just too much. And that only added to like the guilt and shame that I felt of like, you know, and, and of my self-worth, like I'm trying and I'm giving so much and like, it's not really, it doesn't seem to amount to much on my side either. Right. Let me pause you right there. That is where most of us end up having a red flag is like, we get into the selfless trap with really good intentions. We are like, yes, let's be the best mom, best wife. We're going to do all the things 
take them to all the places, even if we don't feel like it, even if we don't want to, it doesn't matter. Let's just do it for them, for the kids, whatever, have the babies, you know, to grow our family. It's all, and and I'm not saying none of like that. We don't want to do any of this. Some of the things we totally do want to do, but how much of it, even when we were having more babies, it was like, so that my kids could have siblings. Like, it wasn't because I wanted more babies. I felt overwhelmed by it. Like Right. Or even like, <laughs> it was for them. I feel ready now. My body feels ready. It's like, okay, they need a sibling. Let's get it done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, such a good example. Thank you. Um, and so I think that this is the point where it starts to, at some point, friends, we can't draw from the well anymore. And postpartum tends to be a time when this catches up to us where we start to feel that bottom of the well, we start hitting the bottom of the well. There's no more to give, especially like two, three babies in, right? Yeah. Well, and I was having them so close together. So it was like nearly constant. Constant pregnant or nursing. I know these are all, all my clients are about that same story. Maybe not all of them, but many. Okay. Keep going. So tell us more. Okay. So then after our last summer, we um, came back to Utah and bought a home and we we remodeled the basement to um, to do an Airbnb, and so I. That's kind of where I started realizing how much I loved interior design, and I had kind of a talent for it, um, came naturally to me. And we decided that I would get ten percent of whatever income because I was cleaning it and, and things like that. Yeah. Well, and I remember, um, I remember too. So, sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to say something that you had said was you were adding monetary value for the first time. And some, you said something your husband is really into, which I think I wanted to say this because I think a lot of our husbands are really into ROI, <laughs> right? Yeah, the ROI. Like, that's, I hear that from my clients. The base of everything. Like, They're like, but I don't know if ROI I'm going to give an ROI if I do coaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like, like you said, like for the first time, like it built confidence in me, not only from like my talents, but also that I was bringing this monetary value. Well, and even just value in general, like value to your family, which is so sad because you've given all these babies and like done so many things, but we're just, we're just like constantly looking to give, give, give. We don't even appreciate ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. So then we got invited to this marriage conference, which I felt really excited about. And Dell was like, Oh, we have a good marriage. We're fine. But we went And they had this group mentoring program. Um, At the end of it, they were kind of like, if you want to go further, like you can purchase this program. And I really wanted to, and Dallin didn't really want to do that. He didn't see the ROI. There you go. again with the ROI. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really wanted to. And I said, look, I'm making my own money. Like it'll, and we did, I did some math and said, it'll take me a year and I'll even repay it back. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care. Like, and I just. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, I don't care. Like I'll repay it back to you. Like, yeah. So you're saying this was just like some random marriage conference you had heard about. It seemed appealing to you. Yeah. Cause it, I don't, I don't remember to be honest, but it's something that I really wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And I think through this experience, you really started to capture a vision from what you've told me, Jeanette. It seems yeah. like at this point you started to capture a vision of what life could be like when you're actually taking care of your needs, you started doing like journaling your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And art yeah, night. I started doing art night with some friends, yeah. like having my own time. 
um, being a good routine on all those things. After the program was done, like, you know, it kind of, you slowly stopped doing all the things that you were doing when you were in it. And then I got pregnant and it just like all fell apart. I was like too tired and just was, yeah. Yeah. And that was this baby that, yes. Oh yes. They all came back up. And this was, this is the baby that you just had and your post, your postpartum with this baby right now. And that's when you hired me. Okay. Got it. So then I, I really, you know, you know, uh, just over a month ago, well, I don't know for a couple months, for a few months now, I've been really wanting to get back to that place of doing stuff for myself and filling my bucket and like how good that felt. I wanted yeah. to get back there. Mm-hmm. Because why? What did it do for you? What difference did that make? I just had energy for things. Like I was spending enough energy putting putting stuff into my bucket that I had stuff in my bucket to give. Yeah, which I think is the is 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 actually the outcome everybody wants when they start neglecting themselves for others because they want to give, but we just don't understand that we have real needs and if we don't put, you know, like you said, into our own bucket, if we don't take care of those needs, we will hit a point when we are now working backwards. We now we cannot only not only can we not give to others, but we're like a vacuum. That's what depression is. It's like just we just become this vacuum. We need our husbands. We need yes. Yeah, it's like it's a real thing. And that's where that desperation comes in where like I kept asking for more and more and more. And he's like, I can't I I don't know what to give. I have like, to I go to work. To do. Yeah. 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 I have to go to work. And no, like I I genuinely I have friend friends or clients or people who come on consults who like can't like are, are scared when this was me actually who, who were scared when their husband would leave to work like the dread of the day and the loneliness and oh, the yeah like I would joke about like oh you should play hooky today but like really inside I was like almost begging like please yes and so why is that now now that in your own words why why does that happen where we get to that point oh well because we don't like realize that we can meet our own needs like we, we depend on them for meeting all of our needs, so we don't even know what they are yet. So how can they possibly meet needs that I can't tell them what it is because I don't know? I haven't yeah. thought about it for a decade. Yeah, like however long like they can put food on the table they can meet some of our needs like can, they can give us yeah. a, a house and clothes but when it comes to our emotions and our emotional health and our internal running of systems in our brain and body like that's us that's all and only us <laughs> and to try to put yeah. that on the husband is just asking for i mean what did that create in your marriage yeah it was just that frustration and it and and it was just so much easier for him to focus on work where he could see progress. Oh my gosh. Yes. Tell him, tell us about that. What happened with the work thing? So he just really dug into work and, you know, cause it was easier than being home and being needed without knowing how to meet the needs. Like he just felt like he was spinning his wheels trying to do this with no result. With you, you mean like trying to help you, yeah, but with you me. were always yeah. wanting more. Yeah. Go ahead. So when he went to work, mm-hmm. he could like he could do something and see a result like, because it was something that he could do. Whereas with me, he can't meet my needs for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, and so there was yeah, definitely some resentment there too. Like, mm. like, I don't, I don't know if he would necessarily say that, but just the frustration of like putting so much energy into something that just, yeah, like you said, it's a vacuum, like suck all the energy out. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm sucking all the energy out of him. Yeah. So that's the point when it becomes self loss. Yeah. So we yeah. go from selfless, which is like we can meet other people's needs and completely ignore our own, but only for so long. That's not sustainable. And then it becomes self loss. We're disconnected with ourselves and we have some shame going on. And then we become less and less able to manage life because we're more empty, more empty, more empty emotionally. And we have still no clue how to get ourselves out of this. We don't, we've never done it. And that's usually the point where people come find me. So tell them about how you found me and kind of that part. Yeah. So like you said, um, the thing I did before kind of caught my vision and talking about filling my bucket and I wanted to have, like, I wanted to fill my bucket so much that it was overflowing and like naturally met people, you know, like helped people, my Mm. kids, especially like, Mm. I just wanted to be so, you know, but I didn't know how to get there because like I couldn't see what I wasn't seeing. Yeah. I remember you said specifically on the consult, you wanted to be playful again and have like this spare energy and want to like plan activities and not just like be doing what you need to do to get by kind of a thing. Yeah. Like I always like before I got married and had kids, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm totally going to be a fun mom. Cause like I'm fun and all this stuff. And just like, it was so disappointing when I wasn't. Yeah, I know. I think you're not the only one that feels that way. My friend. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, so then I was, you know, listening to, mindset podcasts and just try to figure out like, because I didn't, I wanted to get to the root of it. Like I didn't want to go through the actions again that would, that would stop when the program stopped. I wanted to get to the root of it. And I felt like coaching would do that. Um, and I feel like, like when, as we have been coaching, like that's, that's what it is. We've been getting to the root of like my core beliefs about myself mm. and like realizing this whole selfishness thing and shame that it brings, you know, meant that either way I decided whether to meet my needs or not, um, that it it had a a negative effect. And so seeing that, then you can do something about it. Yeah. Cause I remember you said, I couldn't see what I wasn't seeing. Like I had this vision of where I wanted to be, but I also, and I, I even, you even said you knew the tools, like you'd looked at other podcasts or life coaches but at the end of the day, like you couldn't do that on your own. You couldn't see what you weren't seeing. Right. Yeah. Cause I knew the model. Um, but I, I like couldn't go through it. Like I knew I, I just needed someone to like kind of hold my hand as I learned how to do it. I love it. Tell us, I have here a list that you gave me, like we talked about of things that have changed with coaching. Um, specifically when it comes to this relationship with yourself and like how it's, again, you're a month in, so we're not like done at all. Cause we worked together for six months. Yay. Ooh, I'm like, okay. But, um, just with one month, tell us about like what has changed and what about coaching helped that change and, and what you're experiencing now and kind of your vision for the future. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's, it helps me to dissect like what's really going on, you know, mm-hmm. and to, and until you know what's really going on, you can't change it. So I feel like, like I'm not quite like in, I, like I can't quite by myself, like get to the, I know what, what I need to change and I know how to change it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's still work there, but like, but even just knowing where 
the glitch is, mm-hmm. then you can start to work on it. Mm-hmm. And you, emphasis on you can start to work on it. You're not like, yeah. husband, <laughs> I yeah, need to I feel can. better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is and fine so, with it, yeah. And so, like, especially, like, at the beginning, like, learning to, like, fully process. Like, not just in my head. Like, I did the, like, the the journaling, but it was still, like, all kind of in my head. So With emotions? learning to, like, yeah, process fully, like, emotionally and mentally and physically, like, just feel the feelings and being willing to feel them. Mm. Um was a big thing starting to uncover the the parts that I wasn't seeing the steps to get where I want to be. Yeah. So tell us like what changes you've noticed in yourself in your, maybe first with your kids and your mothering. And, and I know you're still working on a lot. Like I'm not trying to, we're not drawing any illusions. Like we're in it right now. We're working together, but what are some of the progress that you've seen in your motherhood and in your marriage and by progress, maybe I'm just talking about like power, you know, taking power back and um, clarity and maybe even just some releasing of shame, of confusion and and like, yeah, creating some joy, purpose, fulfillment. What's that about? Tell me about that. I have felt more calm in my mothering. I feel like there's definitely more of that to come, yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but just starting to be like, First of all, to realize, okay, I can handle this a different way and then starting to have tools of like how to handle it a different way. Mm-hmm. Like to just, to just get to a place of curiosity rather than like rage. <laughs> that in and of itself is worth all the pennies in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously like there's still plenty of times when I just totally flip out, but um, there has been more and more times when I've been able to handle a situation more patiently and not because I'm like forcing myself to be patient, like actually just feeling more patient. Mm, I love that. And just like curious. I love that. Okay. I'm going to read you your words and I want you to elaborate on them. This is what you said about your husband or just like just talking about our partners. Like he cannot help me feel my own value. He cannot help me feel my own worth and he cannot help me stop feeling guilty. Like, right. no matter how hard it tries, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was constantly seeking for that validation and that affirmation and, and um, like, in a way, asking him to prove that he loved me because I didn't believe I was lovable. Because so, you didn't love you. Right, no. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just constantly seeking that from him, but he can't give it because he's not in charge of my worth. I am. He's not in charge of my value. Because it's inherent. Ooh. I love that. Yes. And just noticing that shame is the opposite of feeling valuable and worthy. Yeah. So what would you say to moms who are feeling a lot of shame in their motherhood and maybe a lot of resentment and the feelings that you felt, but mostly just that shame? What do you want to offer to them? Um, first of all, I feel you. And second of all, like, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. And honestly, like, that is the adversary who tries to, like, shove you back under that water of shame. And and you just don't have to let him. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you can find help. Mm. And it's worth it to find help. To get out of that shame cycle. Mm. It really is a cycle, isn't it? Yeah. And we just go deeper and deeper in. And it gets harder and harder to get out. And sometimes yeah. that's when you need the strong arm of a coach to help you do it. Right. Cause like you're underwater, you can't see anything. You can hardly breathe. That's what I needed. I'm not even just saying this, you guys to sell you life coaching. Like I needed a coach. That's how I, that's how I got here. <laughs> it's a real thing, man. We've both been through it. Well, Jeanette, I love you and thank you so much for being here. And, um, I'm like, I'll see you on Tuesday at our next session. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, anything else you want to share? Oh, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm really feeling for people. Like I know what it's like to be there. Yeah. And I just, you might not believe it when I say it, but you're worth it. Yeah. You're valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how has it changed your life knowing that? How do you think it could change it in the future too? Yeah. Um, gosh, it just changes everything. Like I can look forward and see like that fun mom mm-hmm. and the confidence And just enjoying where I'm at instead of resenting it. Mm. Yes. Being present. Yeah. That was a big thing. Like for a long time I've been seeking for joy in my motherhood. And I feel like it's possible. Yeah. When we dive into this work. And you can't have joy if you're feeling shame all the time. (laughs) No. I mean, maybe teeny tiny small glimpses, but even then your brain can just write it off as something yeah. else. Remind you of yeah. what you're not doing and how you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's like the birthday parties. We try to plan these amazing birthday parties and there's always like something we forgot or someone we forgot to invite and our brain's just like, <laughs> Or like me, you don't even attempt to plan a birthday party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depends how many kids. That was my first kid. Okay. <laughs> my yeah. first two babies. All right. Well, thanks for being here with us. Thank you so much. We can feel your love. And hey, when you start like Jeanette Harmon Incorporated and start guiding and mentoring moms, we'll send people your way. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know Jeanette also homeschools? So she's like the boss mom. So I'm sure she'd love to talk to you. How, I don't know if somebody like feels really touched by what you shared and wants to get, get a hold of you and say, hi, how do they do that? Um, probably just, Call or text, I guess. <laughs> How about an email? Do you have an email? I do have an email. Let's do that. It's H-A-R-J-E-N-E at gmail.com. Cool. Harjean at gmail.com. I love yep. it. Okay. Well, thanks again for coming. We love you all. And we'll see you next week on the podcast. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time 
by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple. And I will be calling you soon. 